Very good. Good morning, everybody. My name's Steve, Sandra. Uh, privileged to be here today. I think this is only my, our third time, Sandra. We were in this building once, and we were in your prior building once. Uh, so we don't get to be here too, too often, but really glad to be able to be with you. Um, thank you to all the, the Smith families for uh, having us here and hosting this conference. I, I absolutely enjoyed being able to come to an event and just be at an event. Uh, friends, you don't know, probably you do know, but Canada's been locked down far more than um, America the free. Uh, <laughs> we're not allowed to, sorry, we have to wear a mask indoors in all public buildings. Uh, in our churches in the city of Toronto, outside of Toronto it's different, but in the city of Toronto, we are told not to sing out loud. You can sing to yourself, not to yourself, but to the Lord quietly, those kind of things. And it's just been, um, it's just been a real pleasure to be here and not to have to wear a mask uh, unless you wanted to and to be able to belt your songs out, uh, to be able to sit with people, to be able to hug with people. Uh, the first person I've hugged legally in like two years was here. So anyways, glad to be with you, friends. If you haven't been here for the weekend, I want to encourage you to go to the Raleigh, is it YouTube channel? Facebook page? Last night session. Last night session? Are all the other sessions there, or are they going to be there? Not sure. Anyways, John Arnott began Thursday night talking about the anointing. I'm going to sort of jump on to part two of what he talked about. And then uh, Chris Vallotton from Bethel uh, his two talks, as the Microsoft girl was just sharing, was all about we are lights. We are carriers of the anointing, and we're designed to shine where we are. And um, unless an angel tells you to quit your job, never quit your job. Do what the Lord's called you to do. Be in business, be in education, be, you know, all those different kind of things. Uh, I think it's only, only three of every 100 followers of Jesus gets paid to be a follower of Jesus, like in a church, in a Christian ministry. The rest of us get higher salaries to do other stuff, yep? So be blessed in, in all those different kind of things. So that's what Chris was talking about in Chris's way. Amazing wisdom all the way through. And then last night, Heidi Baker was talking about that passage in the Old Testament where a widow with two sons is facing extreme poverty, and a prophet says, uh, like, what do you have? And she goes, well, I just got a tiny little bit of oil, and that's it. And then my boys are sold into slavery. And you remember, uh, the prophet said, gather every single pot you can get and uh, start pouring the oil. And Heidi didn't really push into that story, but the Bible says that it paid off her debt and gave her enough to live on moving forward. And I was just thinking about that last night. Olive oil. Like, what's a quart? I don't buy olive oil. Ladies, what's a quart of olive oil? $5? $3? And 10? Uh, 11 or 12. Okay, I have no clue. I'm just making this up, people. I'm just making it up. But think about, let's say that the debt that she had was $100,000. How much oil did she pour to pay off a $100,000 debt? How many tanker trucks are we talking about of olive oil? And then enough money to live off of that it's like, how many pots did she find? And 
I love those kind of miracles in the Bible. I love that kind of stuff. So Heidi's talk last night was be a pot. Just get full of the Holy Spirit. Yep. So what we're going to talk about today, it's on the screen already. Uh, we're going to talk about doing the stuff. And that's a John Wimber term. So I'm going to be talking about him in a minute. And let me just get my handy little clicker. Um, and we're going to do a very quick little Bible study. And then we're going to do it. We're going to get filled with the Holy Spirit this morning. Are you okay with that? If that's not what you want to do, you don't have to participate, but that's going to be the best part of the meeting today. Right. John chapter 7, Jesus had a prophetic word. His prophetic word was this. On the most important day of the feast, the last day, Jesus stood and he shouted out to the crowds, all you thirsty ones, come to me. Come to me and drink. Believe in me so that, what's the phrase? Rivers of living water will burst out from within you. Jesus is talking about the Holy Spirit lives behind your belly button. Your innermost being is where the Holy Spirit is. He's giving a prophetic word. There's a day coming when the, the Holy Spirit in you is going to just flow. That's a good prophetic word, isn't it? How many like that word? How many that's for you? That's for me as well. So it's going to be bursting out from within you, flowing from within your innermost being, just like the scripture says. And Jesus was prophesying about the Holy Spirit that were believers were being prepared to receive, but the Holy Spirit had not yet been poured out upon them because Jesus had not yet been unveiled in his full splendor. Basically, John, who's writing this after the fact, is saying, we didn't get this. We didn't understand what he was saying. What he was talking about and prophesying was that at, after his resurrection, when he was in his full glory, that's when the Holy Spirit was going to start. Everything before the cross was about Jesus dying for our sins and introducing the kingdom of God. That the rules have changed. Old Testament was laws. Uh, all, all sorts of things you couldn't happen. When the kingdom of God began, which is at the baptism of Jesus, all the rules have changed. Everyone gets hope now. And so Jesus is, is prophesying and saying there's a day coming when you're going to flow in the anointing just like I did. Next thing. John chapter 20, this is the day. The very first activity of Jesus, the very first action of Jesus, after he's been resurrected, guess what's his agenda? I need to give away the Holy Spirit. First thing that he does when he's with his guys is give away the Holy Spirit. And so the passage says, Jesus repeated his greeting. So two times he says, peace to you. And he told them, just as the Father has sent me, I'm now sending you. And then taking a deep breath. Everyone do that? <gasps> Did you do that? <gasps> he blew on them. <sighs> do it like that. Blow towards your neighbor. Blow the hair in the person in front of you. <sighs> like get their hair moving. He took a deep breath and he blew on them and, reset and said, receive the Holy Spirit. I would really have appreciated if there had been one more verse to this chapter to say, what did it look like? We have no clue what it looked like. But I'm quite sure, friends, that if Jesus was to release the Holy Spirit on you, it's going to look like something like you've never seen before. How many think so? And he, the, the first thing in his agenda is that his, his followers receive the Holy Spirit. That's his heart. And, and he just releases it. Well, Jesus is around for, for 39 more days. And then on the last day, the 40th day before he ascends to heaven, now there's a meeting of 500 people. It's the largest 
of the 10 meetings that he has, the 10 connection points that he has with, sometimes it's just one person and sometimes with a group. And the largest was on day 40, the very day that he's going to go to heaven. The 500 don't know that. And here's what he says. By the way, included in the 500 are 10 of those disciples that have already got one dose of the Holy Spirit. How many, I'm not going to ask about vaccinations, but in Canada, everyone's getting two doses. We don't have Johnson & Johnson, one dose will do you. We need two doses, at least in Canada. Jesus instructed them. His last words, they don't know that in a few seconds, he's whoop, up to heaven. Don't know that. 500 people. Jesus instructed them, don't leave Jerusalem, but wait here until you receive the gift. Ooh. <laughs> What are we talking about? We're talking about the Holy Spirit, aren't we? Stay here until you receive the gift that I told you about, the gift the Father has promised. For John immersed you in water, but in a few days from now, you will be immersed in the Holy Spirit. Ooh. Turned out, <laughs> turned out, it was 10 more days after this that Acts chapter 2 happens. And in Acts chapter 2, it says they were all filled. How many were there in that room that day? Bible says 120. So of those 500, it would appear that they're taking turns in a house of prayer kind of thing. They're pushing in. They're saying, God, send the gift. We welcome the gift. And they're taking turns potentially in, that, in an upper room. And on this particular day, on the day of Pentecost, 120 are there, and the Bible says all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit, including 10 who've already got their first dose. So now 10 of them get dose number two of the Holy Spirit. They were all filled and equipped with the Holy Spirit. I love how the Passion says, not just filled with the Holy Spirit, but now they're armed and ready. They're dangerous, correct? They got the Holy Spirit, the same Holy Spirit that Jesus had inside of them, inside of him. They're equipped with the Holy Spirit and they were inspired to speak in tongues, empowered by the Spirit and speaking in languages that they'd never learned. This is a phenomenal breakthrough. I took four years of Greek just to be able to learn the alphabet. It's so hard to learn a language. I, I took two years of Hebrew and barely knew the alphabet. Uh, in the Bible college that I went to. Um, I grew up in Malawi, Africa. I'm similar to the Smiths. They were on West Africa. I grew up in East Africa. And so I grew up with speaking the language, which was called Chichewa. It's a dialect of Swahili. And as soon as we came to Canada and we stopped talking Chichewa, I, I, it, it's gone. It, gone. And to be able to have a known language, and the scripture talks about like I think 13 different ethnic groups that showed up in Jerusalem. And everybody heard in their language. Everyone who, was at, who showed up to this uh, courtyard outside that upper room, when the 120 spilled out onto the street, everyone heard in their language. And that was one of the miracles. People are going, how did they learn to speak my, my cultural dialect? Great miracle. I wish I'd had that in the French class in Canada. Acts chapter 2, verse 38. 120 people who are full of the Holy Spirit spill out into the courtyard. I'd been to that courtyard in Jerusalem. It would have been packed because 3,000 people are going to respond. They're going to put their hands up and say, I'm in. But there was more than that that showed up. 
it was 3,000 out of the crowd that responded, but not everyone responded. And you got all these people that are there, and <laughs> here's what it says in his sermon. Peter goes, here's how it works. Repent and return to God, each of you, individually. Your grandparents can't get you born again. You have to be born again. Each of you must be immersed in the name of Jesus. You have to be full in. The anointed one, that's another word for, for Jesus, the Christ, the Messiah, to have your sins removed. That's what, that's what Murray was just leading us in a prayer to connect with Jesus. This is what Peter was preaching. And then, once you become a follower of Jesus, you can take hold of the gift of the Holy Spirit. Everyone, the moment that they give their life to Jesus, gets to opt in to what the 500 were encouraged to do and the 120 did. Every single person. This was Peter's sermon. Guys, do you like my crazy 120 friends? You see what's going on over here? How many would like that? 3,000 hands went up. He said, well, it comes, first of all, by giving your life to Jesus. You have to be all in on Jesus. And when you're all in on Jesus, then the Holy Spirit's all in, in you. Yep. And so that's what the scripture says. So they, they did that, verse 39, for God's promise of the Holy Spirit is for you and your families. For those not yet to be born, even for everyone in whom the Lord our God calls to himself. And those who believe that sermon that day numbered 3,000. Probably 1,500 women, 1,500 men-ish. Yep. And they were all immersed in what? Friends, they had another Holy Spirit meeting outside. It wasn't just the Holy Spirit meeting inside that house for 120 but at the end of Peter's sermon, his altar call was, hands up, those who'd like to give your life to Jesus and be filled with the Holy Spirit. So if they said that 3,000 were added into the church, that means that 3,000 people also got filled with the Holy Spirit that day, outdoors. Amazing. 1995 was my very first ministry trip out of Toronto by myself. Uh, John Arnott was sending people out to go and do stuff. I was so intimidated. It was like, oh my goodness, what happens if I stand up at a church and say, come Holy Spirit, and nothing happens? I just, there was, oh my goodness. So I was so afraid of that reality that I invited two other pastors to join me. And, uh, sorry, three other pastors to join me and one of the small group leaders uh, from our church. And so the five of us, and our very first meeting was in Norwich, England. Norwich is where Coleman's mustard comes from. I don't know if you know Coleman's mustard. Anyways, that's where that's from. And two pastors have got together their, their churches together to host the meeting, and they have rented the largest auditorium in the whole city, which was the cathedral. And it seats like, I don't know, 2,500 people or so. And they actually had uh, city council people working for the city that were standing at the door with clickers, like to count how many people were going in. And shock of all shock, but they filled it. And there's still people wanting to go in, and we couldn't get everyone in because the city council is going, no, you've reached your maximum capacity, fire marshal rules, da-da-da-da-da-da. And so it's like, well, what are we going to do with these 500,000 people outside? Well, my brother is one of the, the guys, and he's not scheduled to preach inside, and he goes, well, uh, Mark, how about you and I do a meeting? Outside, outside the cathedral is this ancient cobblestone, large, large public area. 
I don't know what's the, the big public areas that you, where would you have a parade if your sports teams won? The Carolina Panthers, not Carolina Panthers, sorry. The Hurricanes hockey team, if they win, where are you going to celebrate? Downtown where? The Market Square? Okay, wherever that is. <laughs> Just think of the biggest outdoor area for people to gather. Well, in Norwich, it's outside the cathedral. And here's my brother leading an outdoor meeting and saying, come Holy Spirit in public. And people are falling on the ground in cobblestone square. And guess who is the catchers? The police officers. <laughs> They're doing, that's their job. There's a big gathering. The newspaper that morning, the newspaper that morning said this, Toronto blessing is come to Norwich. And then it said this, good or bad? Question mark. Everyone's going to go to church for that. Figure out is it good or bad. Yeah. It was in the public. And the more people that are falling to the ground, my brother said, the more people were getting born again. They're looking at this and going, that's real. I want it. And so 3,000 people, friends, that day gave their lives to Jesus. Well, it goes on. Acts chapter 3. Peter and John now, at some point later, they walk into Jerusalem. You remember this story where there's this lame guy at one of the gates, and they minister to him, and he stands up, and everyone's freaking out. Oh, my goodness. How did Larry stand? He's been, he's been lame for 38 years. What's going on here? And everyone sees Larry bouncing around. He goes to the temple with Peter and John, the largest public gathering space in Jerusalem. And the guy's there, and Peter and John preach again. It's the very same sermon of Peter. He hasn't got notes yet. He hasn't figured this out that probably you should have a sermon in your back pocket. So it's the very same sermon as Acts chapter 2. Here's the part of a sermon. And now you must repent and turn back to God so that your sins will be removed. And so that, look at this, times of refreshing will stream from the Lord's presence. What's he remembering? John chapter 7, of your innermost being, those rivers of living water. He's talking about the Holy Spirit, isn't he? He's basically saying, would you like to do a miracle like this? Like we just did with Larry, who hasn't walked in 38 years? Who's jumping up and down and bouncing around like Tigger from Winnie the Pooh? Would you like to do that kind of stuff? It's easy. Give your life to Jesus. Get filled with the Holy Spirit. Who's in? And the Bible says... All sorts of people put their hands up. And verse 4 is the conclusion of that passage. It says, yet there were many in the crowd who believed in the message, bringing the total number of men. They're not even counting ladies anymore. The total number of men now is 5,000. So if there's 3,000 that got born again in Acts chapter 2, let's say 1,500 men, 1,500 women, well, it's a big jump to go from 1,500 to 5,000. This is a huge crowd, and they're doing Holy Spirit ministry publicly. And the more they do it, the more people are opting in. I want to be part of that. I would love to be able to see God use me. Remember, friends, when Jesus got baptized and he was filled with the Holy Spirit? A new day started. It's called the kingdom of God. All of a sudden, there's hope for every sickness, for every disease. All of a sudden, people can be forgiven of their sins, can, can have a new start. All of that happened 
because of the anointing, because of the Holy Spirit in the life of Jesus. He's ministering like no one else. They're going, where does he get this kind of teaching? What kind of authority has he got? Well, friends, it's the Holy Spirit. It's completely the Holy Spirit in the life of Jesus. Let's keep going. End of Acts chapter, sorry, at the end of that sermon, Peter gets arrested, John gets arrested, they're held in court overnight, sorry, held in jail overnight, and now they're having their court case. And the Bible says in Acts chapter 4, they're full of the Holy Spirit. They, uh, the judge and the jury is the very same names of people that put Jesus on the cross. Same, same crew. And Peter stands up, and friends, I've been to court as a witness a couple times. Everyone behaves in court. Yes, Your Honor. I'm so sorry, Your Honor. It will never happen again, Your Honor. Yep. Not Peter and John. You're the problem. <laughs> You're the ones who put Jesus on the cross. And the judge and the jury are like, what, what, what? They sequester out. They go out and go, oh my goodness, we're in trouble. These people have been hanging out with Jesus. We're way over our head here. What are we going to do? Oh, let's threaten them. Good idea. Now Peter goes, we don't care. Do what you want. Nothing's going to stop the anointing. So this is Peter's, sorry, Peter preaches. They get released out of jail. And the followers of Jesus who were in the courtroom that day, praying, interceding for their pastors to get, a, get out of jail, free pass, whatever it was. Those people, they gather for a church meeting that night. And they say to their leaders, could you impart to us that same kind of boldness, Peter and John, that you guys preached with? We want that. And so their prayer went something like this. So now, Lord, listen to the threats of these people that are trying to harm us. Empower us as your servants, Peter and John, to speak the word of God freely and courageously. Stretch out your hand of power through us to heal and to move in signs and wonders by the name of your holy son, Jesus. That's a good prayer, people. How about you say that with me? How about you stand? Let's say that with me. We're, we're getting ready for the, the big finish here, friends, just to let you know. Say this with me. It's verse 30. Stretch out your hand of the power through the... Sorry, did I say that right? Stretch out your hand of power through us to heal and to move in signs and wonders by the name of your holy son, Jesus. Yeah? Look what happened when they prayed that. And as they prayed, the earth shook beneath them, causing the building, the building to shake. That's a good prayer, people. You can be seated. Causing the building that they were in to tremble. Each one of them. How many of them? Everybody. Doesn't tell us how many are in that room. But every single person that's in that room who prayed that prayer, the Bible says this, they were filled with the Holy Spirit and they proclaimed the word of God with unrestrained boldness. Okay. Why do we get filled with the Holy Spirit, people? Why do we need to keep drinking? Why did Peter and John get a dose in John chapter 20 when Jesus breathed on them? And then in Acts chapter 2 in that upper room, they were there getting more. Probably at the end of the sermon where 3,000 people give their lives to Jesus. I'm sure the prayer team's praying for each other and watching each other being silly and fall down and laugh and scream and do all those kind of things. Then it happens again in Acts chapter 3. Then it happens again in Acts chapter 4. Friends, every time the church met, they said, come Holy Spirit. That's what the Bible says. Every time they met, they're saying, come Holy Spirit. 
Years ago, in Toronto, if you don't know some of the recent Catch the Fire history, in 1994, the Holy Spirit visited our church through uh, an American pastor from St. Louis by the name of Randy Clark. He's one of our heroes. And Randy, at the end of the meeting, Sandra and I were not there. We were good Baptists at the time, so you don't go to those kind of meetings. And Randy, at the end of the meeting, basically said, come Holy Spirit. And 120, 130 people in the room, without anyone laying hands on them, a bang took place, an audible bang. And everyone was on the ground. There was a Bible study through a back room led by one of our pastors, Mary Audrey Raycroft, and she came in, and she came in like a side door, looks around and sees John and Randy up at the front, and they're like, what just happened? She's heard the bang, and she sees everyone on the ground writhing, laughing, crying, sobbing, and she actually thought that there'd been a gas explosion in the room. And then her jaw dropped, and she couldn't talk for three days, which is probably the best miracle of that day because she's a talker. <laughs> yep, that's what happened, friends. And all of a sudden, pastors got phone calls like I did from John Arnott, phoning other pastor friends. You need to come, you need to come, you need to come. And long story short, friends, somewhere between four and five million Christians from around the world many of whom were leaders in their churches, came to our church to have an encounter with the Holy Spirit. And from there out, uh, not us, our friends like Gordon Robertson at 700 Club estimate that there has been 50,000 new churches started because of what happened in Toronto. Wow. That's pretty good. Why is that? Well, it's because individuals came and got another dose of the Holy Spirit, a little bit maybe like steroids, and all of a sudden they're off and running. And the truth of Jesus is right here. Acts chapter 7, Peter says this, Jesus of Nazareth was anointed by God with the Holy Spirit and with great power. When did that happen? At his baptism. He was anointed Jesus couldn't do a miracle if he's not anointed. Can't. Can't do any miracles. He has to be anointed to be able to do what he did, and he did it. And the Bible says this, he did wonderful things for others and divinely healed all who were under the tyranny of the devil, for God had anointed him. And this is the last verse. Stand with me, friends. We're going to say this verse. John Arnott had us finish the first night on Thursday at the conference by saying this verse. I think we did it in the New King James. Today we're going to do it in the Passion. But here's what it says. Let's say it with me. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Say me. 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 And has anointed me to be hope for the poor, healing for the brokenhearted, and new eyes for the blind, to preach to prisoners, you are set free. I have come to share the message of Jubilee for the time of God's great acceptance has begun. Another word for that is favor.